are so happy you are here tuning in to Kentucky Wesleyan College Campus Ministries. In this podcast, we dive deeper into chapel topics while having real conversations. Enjoy this week's recap. What's up? I'm Pastor Jonathan Bonar here at uh, Pleasant Grove Baptist Church here in town. And I want to welcome you to the Post Chapel Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you guys on the campus of Kentucky Wesleyan College. Today I'm joined by Eric and Wiley, the two goats. And uh, they say hey to you guys. And also, of course, the amazing Maddie is here with us. (laughs) I can't wait to unpack Ruth and this amazing story of how she honored God with her life. Okay, so speaking of Ruth, I know we talked about her characteristics and the kind of woman she was, um, and specifically the woman of God that she was, and that we got to see and unpack that. Um, And out of those characteristics, Jonathan, um, can you tell me the three that you pointed out most? Yeah, I think there's three major things that you see in Ruth's life that are just amazing. And the the first one is a sense of loyalty. She she showed so much loyalty to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Uh, it's unbelievable. She, she, but it wasn't just a loyalty to her. She said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And it showed a, it it transcended just a a physical relationship, personal relationship with somebody. It was actually uh, a choice uh, to, to bind her heart and her allegiance to God as well. So it's a spiritual decision of actually coming back home to God and, and making a decision to follow him. I think the other thing that's really interesting is just how hard she labored. She worked hard. And I think sometimes when we feel like maybe our life isn't going well, or like maybe we might say, God, I don't know that you're honoring me. Look at these situations I'm walking through. And that's hard. She didn't let any of that hold her back. She still worked extremely hard. And we're told that it, it made a great reputation. And when Boaz is talking to his foreman of his crew. He's he's talking about Ruth and saying she's been here since early morning, only took one break to, to get a rest when everybody else kind of did. And then she's been back at it all day. So it, it showed this testimony of how she just honored God by just working hard. And I think that's a great uh, example to us. And then lastly, the way she loved, she stuck her neck out. And could have been rejected and um, kind of chose Boaz and kind of proposed to him um, at a time when, you know, not a whole lot of women did that ever. And she risked so much rejection and being made fun of. Maybe the the end of this whole thing crashing down around her, spending the rest of her life in destitute poverty, and, and she risked everything in that moment to love. And I think sometimes we're called to do that same thing. When we are not honored by someone else, we're still called to love and stick our neck out, even though we know we may get rejected, we might get hurt. Jesus did the same thing for us. He knew he was going to get crucified, and he still came to love us. He knew people would reject him and mock him and make fun of him. And he still did it all for us. And so I think it's a great testimony to, this is how you show honor. Let's look at this lady who, who did it in spite of not having everything in life altogether. You're talking about goats. She's the goat of honor. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. well, maybe Jesus beats her, but, (laughs) (laughs) but all the Jesus that's in her that we saw, that is, what made her Ruth, and I think that that's just incredible. Yeah. And you, we just saw her heart on display, even whenever it was just in the humblest way. Mm-hmm. Um, because she had even more characteristics other than those ones, but I think those are like the strong ones. Um, mm-hmm. Wiley, do you have anything to go off that? 
Yeah, I uh, I love the point uh, that Pastor Jonathan brought up yesterday. The One of the things I wrote down in my notes, and this is a shout out for Sean, because he says you should definitely take notes during chapel. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things I underlined in my notes was Pastor Jonathan said, what I'm a part of is bigger than the part I play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Ruth really knew that. Uh, and she showed loyalty to, uh, you know, her mother-in-law, Naomi. She showed loyalty to, to God. But I think that's something that we have to do every single day we have to realize that we as Christians are a part of God's kingdom and we are a part of bringing others into the fold of heaven we are part of bringing people with us to spend eternity praising and worshiping the God of all creation Uh, so what we are a a part of is much bigger than the part that we ever play so when we show loyalty to God and we show loyalty to his calling on our life we play a part in this much much bigger story which I think is something just amazing it blows my mind every time I think about it Mm -hmm. yeah uh, for me, the story of Ruth really ties so well into, uh, pastor Jonathan did like a series of a, a book over called win the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You remember that, that I remember, uh, watching that series online. I got to attend, uh, some of those series and that, that like mentality stuck with me. And when I, when I hear, when I heard us talk about Ruth and chapel, I thought, man, this is a person that exemplifies that, that mm-hmm. kind of figured that out, uh, before anybody else really did, honestly. Um, and so you kind of look at her life, living with loyalty, living with love and, and honoring God takes like a daily commitment uh, to that process and to that, that, that mentality that you're going through. So to me, when I heard about Ruth and I'm listening to that story, it reminded me of that sermon series that you did. Um, and it reminded me that like, it takes a daily commitment, right? The best things in your life are going to take something where it's going to drain you at the end of the day and you need to be able to recharge and be ready to go for the next day. Uh, so being able to be, to be ready from the moment that you wake up. Uh, and then by the time you go to bed, you realize like I did everything in that day. Uh, and now tomorrow, the next day, I'm going to do it all over again. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think a lot of times we have to make that commitment before we see the, the effects of, of it. Right. So whether it's sports and, and the discipline to practice and practice and practice and, maybe make some decisions in a game that might hurt your stats, but help the team win. Mm -hmm. You're a part of something bigger than just yourself. Mm -hmm. I think of my wife, Kat, I talked a little bit about her. I didn't get to go into great detail, but she is a very hard worker. So when I saw her, her reputation preceded her. This is what's interesting. When when Ruth proposes to Boaz in the middle of the night, that strange way of uncovering his feet while he slept, <laughs> this is his response when he wakes up and sees her and she asks him to cover and protect her. Uh, verse 10 of Ruth 3 says, the Lord bless you. This is Boaz speaking. The Lord bless you, my daughter. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. Look what he says. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Mm. Her her discipline, her hard work, uh, the way she lived her life, the decisions she made preceded her. And the favor of God actually was resting on her because of the decisions you made. So she made. And so I, I I think that's important. My, my wife was such a hard worker. She worked full time as a manager, traveled every weekend and, um, 
sang on this team, full scholarship. And then uh, during the week, she was going to college full time. So she, I mean, kind of like an athlete, you're just constantly going, 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 working hard. I, I think that's that, that's what drew me. I saw decisions she made to work hard and honor God with the, her life that drew me to her. Her reputation drew me to her. As we were married, she had to give up a lot of things. She she stayed home, took care of the kids when they were little because I was busy doing pastoring constantly. And so um, she didn't get to sing much anymore. And that was hard for her because she had to take care of the kids while I was doing church a lot. And then as we moved forward, she was worried that the world was going to pass her by. She wasn't going to do anything. And, and then I go through stage four cancer she goes through that doing a little bunch of medical bills for me then starts dabbling in that starts a, a, her own company with her sister helping doctors do medical billing has doctors in all 50 states eventually huge amazing company and then now she's a um chief compliance officer for 16 different cryptocurrency companies. And it's amazing what she's doing. The favor of God is just on her. And it was just because she was faithful day in, day out, doing the things that nobody sees, loving God and being loyal, you know, to the responsibilities that he's placed in their, in her life. And so I didn't get to go into much detail because of time yesterday, but that's the kind of person that I think um, Ruth was just... When no one's looking, she's faithful, she's loyal, she's laboring, and she's extending love to those around her. And I think that's how you, how you epitomize honoring God with your life, you know. And and I love, uh, you know, when you said that, something I've always heard, um, you know, first is like, you may be the only Bible that somebody reads on that day. You say that a lot, um, Pastor Jonathan in church. But, um, you know, when you were talking about the way um, Kat, your wife, or the way she honored God with everything she did and that drew you to her, I think... Um, it re went really well with another thing that you said, which was uh, run hard after God, then you may f find someone who's keeping up with you. Uh, I think that that's an amazing, that's something amazing. And I just had to sit there and be like, oh, wow, because, you know, I think that you kind of meant it a little relationally because you were talking about Kat and your wife and everything. But I think that that just is with everything, right? So when you're, when you're running hard after God, uh, he's going to put you in situations with a, with people who are keeping pace with you so that you have that support and you have that love around you. But then he's also going to put you in the situations where you need to be maybe to help somebody else start running as well. Right. Um, when you're, when we're, following God single-mindedly, which definitely it sounds like, um, your wife was doing when she was in college and, and now obviously it's, um, she, she definitely still is, you know, when we're following God single-mindedly, he gives us all these amazing opportunities to make a difference in his kingdom. And he gives us all these amazing, uh, th this amazing ability to do what he's called us to do on earth. So I think that that's so awesome is that really like everybody's worried, like, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to, uh, what is my career going to to be how am I going to provide how am I going to make a difference how am I going to make a difference in God's kingdom and one of the easiest things we can do instead of worrying about how we're going to make a difference is just run at him and he'll give us opportunities to make a difference as long as we are full-heartedly you know following after him being in his light yeah absolutely uh, that's a great point to go off that like we talk a lot about what do the 12 people closest to you in your life look like like what are their life's reflection of? What are they doing day in and day out? Um, 
and Ruth is a person who I would would want to be one of the 12 closest people in my life. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to go here at this college and some of those people are in this room, like, and, and then they're on this campus. Like, I feel like I have a blessing and that I have maybe more than 12 people in my life who have been able to, to pour into me, to, to role model for me and to show me what it's like to live a Christian life and to, to be actively searching and pursuing God day in and day out. Um, and we talk about that a lot about at CM because it's important, right? Who you surround yourself with is ultimately who you're going to reflect and who you're going to be, right? And so uh, we need to continually search for those people and continually uplift those people and, and, and tell them in our lives, like, your presence means something to me. You're important to me. And, and the way that you carry yourself day in and day out matters in the way that I'm going to carry myself day in and day out too. So, mm-hmm. And I think it's cool just to see – Ruth making the choice to stick next to Naomi like if she hadn't done that then she wouldn't be where she is now you know what I mean if Mm -hmm. that makes sense and like she chose to be one of the people walking alongside her um and we need people like that in our life and I can think of a couple in my brain just the people that come alongside you even though you may be struggling but it's not like they're just turning around and running the other way and like we're called to be those people and to bear one another's burdens um, and just be a friend like that. So there's just a lot that I love about Ruth and just like, she would be such a good friend. Like you said, Eric, to have in your little circle of friends um, because it's encouraging to have someone like her do everything that she did. But she's also like, she's kind of like that girl that does everything selflessly, but also like if she needs to step up and do something, she's going to do it. Like, so she takes that initiative um, because she is in step with the spirit. And I just think that that's just encouraging and she's trusting um, and putting her full faith in something bigger than herself. I think as we continue following him, it shines the glory of God into those 12 people closest to us. And I think that's what being a church or being a part of things like, like campus ministries and coming to chapel, it's important to keep um, encouraging one another to don't give up. Don't mm-hmm. pull away from what God is calling you to do with your life. You know, I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a point you made up with that. I mean, that's, that's goes to the whole labor thing, right? You, you, you brought up something that actually I really needed to hear. Um, you, uh, we're doing it at Pleasant Grove. We're doing the heroes of the faith series and, and Ruth came up as a hero of the faith, which I completely agree with. Um, and when talking about the labor, you know, the big, the big thing talked about was, um, that, you know, Ruth refused to take the easy route. She refused to to do what everyone else was doing and take this easy path that maybe would have had more instant gratification, Um, even though she couldn't necessarily see what God was doing in her life, she decided to follow him anyway, because a point that I had never really considered about Ruth was when Naomi at the beginning of the chapter tells Ruth, Hey, go back to your family, um, go back to your parents' house. Her parents' house, she probably was pretty well off there. Like she, she probably would have been, or she definitely would have been taken care of and all those things. But instead, when she shows that loyalty that we're all praising her for, she sets herself up for, what she thinks is probably going to be a lifetime full of poverty and a lifetime full of um, everything, but she doesn't shy away from that. Instead, she 
takes this this difficult road and when she gets back um to israel she doesn't take the the easy route that that maybe other um widows of the day were were taking and and things like that but instead um she says you know what i'm gonna work for god i'm gonna labor for god even if i don't know what the outcome is going to be and i think that that's so uh, true, but it is so encouraging to me, uh, just because, you know, there have been things going on in the, in my life in the past year and a half. And I'm sure every person listening to this, so I can think like the things that go on in your life that are like, um, you know, you feel like you're laboring through something and you can't see the end of it, but it's like, you know, you just have, we just have to trust like as the people of God, we have to trust that our labor is when our labor is for God, when our labor is, is for the King and, and it, and it is what we, uh, truly believe he's, he's placed a calling on our life. It's going to pay off in some way. And that way is going to be the best way for us. And it's going to be the best thing that we could ever possibly have. I agree. I agree completely. And when you look at the full scope of the entire story and think of the book of Ruth in light of the rest of scripture, it's amazing because you actually see Naomi left God's people with her husband, Elimelech, went to the enemy, Moab, the Moabites, to try to survive this famine. They turn their back on God and go towards things. They embrace the things of this world and say, that's more important than than staying true to my God. I think we're tempted to do that very same thing that we can leave those 12 people and disappear and give up on what God's doing in our life. And, and, and when we press in and say, you know what, I might be a little bored this Friday night because of the choices I make to honor God, I could be having more fun, but I'm going to choose God over that. I'm not going to party because I'm going to actually choose the Lord to be the Lord of my life. And it's decisions you make like that. When you see it in the scope of the, the, the enormous story that God is telling, you see the Moabites were actually the descendants of Lot. They, Lot turned from God too. And so here on that road going to Bethlehem, you actually see something so poetic that Naomi, after her husband has passed, is coming back home from Moab to her home, Bethlehem. And then you have the descendant of Lot who is notorious for having turned away and rejected God and chosen the world and the things of this world over being true and loyal to God. You see these two ladies symbolically coming back home to God. It's an absolutely beautiful picture when you see it in scope of everything that's happened. And then on top of this, I didn't get to share this in chapel, but on top of this, there's a word used for this guy Boaz as the kinsman or guardian redeemer for for her, this relative that's supposed to help and take care of her. And that is this word, this Hebrew word, goel. And what's interesting about that is when you take it to the next level, see it in the scope of everything else. All throughout the Old Testament, Yahweh refers to himself as Israel's goel, their kinsman redeemer. And here you see a little microscopic view of our relationship with God, that, that we have walked away from God and then we come home to him and he is our kinsman redeemer. He is our goel. The, the beauty in this book is just astounding when you see it all in, in the big picture. Absolutely amazing. I don't know where you're at right now as you're listening to this podcast. You might be uh, thinking about walking away from the Lord. You might be thinking about 
uh, hanging out with the wrong people that aren't going to be help you be loyal to the Lord. I want to encourage you embrace your kinsman redeemer. Jesus has done so much to restore you, to give you a bright future and inheritance. And I think the decisions you make end up making you just like Ruth made a decision to be a part of something bigger than herself. Now she takes her place in the genealogy of not just King David, but even Jesus Christ, our savior as this foreigner, this Hebrew woman, a non-Hebrew woman, I'm sorry. And, and then all, all of a sudden you see that her life just explodes into something glorious after a long time of making the hard choices. I want to encourage you wherever you're at, you might be at the end of your rope. You might be thinking about giving up on this whole Christianity thing, turning your back on God. It may be that your moment is just around the corner where you're going to actually see, wait a minute, God's been working behind the scenes this whole time. I didn't even sense him. I want to encourage you, be loyal, be, be loving, and just keep on laboring for the Lord and just see what God does in your life. I think it's, it's a great reminder to us of, of how to keep the priorities right and win the day mm-hmm. every day. Don't give up. And I love that you mentioned, uh, you know, someone at the end of the rope, like something that's hard, because I think that um, something that was so cool and it just popped into my head as you were talking there uh, when when talking about the Kinsman Redeemer and when talking about how Boaz took, you know, Ruth out of this life of, of what would have been poverty and everything like that. It didn't happen until she boldly stepped out mm-hmm. in faith, right? She, it did not happen until she stepped up and, and boldly stepped forward in faith, not knowing, not knowing what the answer is. I think not knowing is big for us as Christians because we're not going to know, right? <laughs> Something you said at church on Sunday, right? Um, <laughs> that there was a quote that uh, if somebody tells you that sin's not fun, they're doing it wrong or something like that. Right. And you're talking about, you know, staying out on Friday or, or, you know, doing whatever, whatever that sin is in your life. Cause we all have one, whatever that sin is in your life, whatever that little thought is in your life, that's trying to pull you away from God, wherever you're at, at the end of the rope, you're thinking this could be easier. This could be more enjoyable. This could be just better. Right. This could just feel so much better. This could just, you know, there'd be this instant gratification. And, you know, I I just I want to, you know, second that encouragement from, you know, from someone who's who's in college right now, who's feeling all those things like, you know. It may seem like there is greener grass or something because you can get some kind of instant gratification. But I've always found in my life, looking back that when I'm, when I labor for the Lord, at some point I look back and I go, Oh my goodness, like that all along, this is what it was all along. And I don't, I never know when that moment's going to pop up in my life, but I always know that it is. And that's, and that's one of the things that keeps me going is the faith that even though I can't see it, even though I don't know it, even though I don't know the timeline, I don't know what it's going to look like when that moment comes. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know who I'm going to be around, but I know for a fact, and it is as tried and true as, as anything in this, in this world and out of this world is that uh, if, if, if you labor for the Lord and if I labor for the Lord, that he is going to put me where I need to be. And I follow that my entire life. That's the only thing that keeps me going some days, honestly. Thanks for having all yeah, of us. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you all thank for you. being yeah, here. Thank you for having us. Great time. Yeah, yes. thank you all for listening. Um, yeah. And we're happy that you're tuning in. And we'll catch you next week 
on the Post Chapel podcast. Wait, wait, before we go. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to be Maddie's Boaz, you can call one eight hundred. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> Man. Oh, do you want to pray it pray out the podcast? Yes, I would yeah, love to. We'll I would love Perfect. to. Perfect. Thank you. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we just uh thank you so much that you are our kinsman redeemer. Lord, we thank you that when we stray away from you and we choose the world over you, your mercy is still sitting there brand new every morning. That we can't we can't outrun the pursuit of your grace and mercy in our lives. And right now, Lord, I lift up those that might be listening to this podcast right now. Maybe they're desperate. Uh, They might be sitting in a room wondering how they're going to pay the next bill or um, how they're going to make it. Um, They might be considering, do I go out and party with these people or do I actually choose uh, God (laughs) over that? Lord, I, I pray right now. In this moment, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would empower them, would encourage them, that they sense your presence like never before. And just like Ruth, they would determine to live their life in honor of you and just sit back and watch the amazing masterpiece that you build out of their life. That, that you're in the, in the background working right now. They can't see it. But as they're faithful to you, your favor will rest on their life. And Lord, I pray that you would do amazing things in and through the students here at Kentucky Wesleyan. Lord, uh, we see your hand at work just being in chapel, seeing the amount of people coming uh, that weren't there last year. Lord, the, the movement that we see your Holy Spirit bringing to this college campus, Lord, this is where every revival started in our country, right here with the college age kids. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would usher in another revival. Our country needs you. Let it start right here at Kentucky Wesleyan. Let people start hearing about this college there. The students are just on fire for you, making choices to be loyal to you and to work hard for your glory and to, to just love people recklessly. Lord, may that travel throughout the world and may you actually inspire other people to turn their, their lives over to you, Lord. But right now we pray You'd help us individually, that you'd revive our hearts first. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.